Impressions. Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Songs from the other room. There hasn't been somebody in the other room who isn't a partner in the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there have been brief moments where we had like visiting guests for a couple days. I mean, occasionally I'll, I'll hear like my neighbors listening to something or I'll hear like a particularly loud car. Yes. But really, it's all uh, my partner, Ryan, his music. That's what's coming yeah. from the other room. Yeah. I do love watching people really get into the music they're listening to in their car, though. Oh, yeah. It's very fun. Totally. (laughs) So there's this great radio station in Los Angeles called K-Day, 93.5, and they play a lot of 90s to 2000s hip-hop and R&B. And I was singing along with one song, and I had the windows down. I knew that they were down and somebody else's were down, and normally I would be like very self-conscious about it, but I was like, I'm just going to pretend that nobody can hear me. So I just kept singing, (laughs) and as like the light turned green, because we were at a red light, they are like, Uh oh my god, you're great! Keep doing it! (laughs) And I was like, that's so sweet! That was very nice of somebody to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's happening with this first song? Ryan and I have very different music tastes. Okay. But they do, like, they, they do come together every now and then. One of the things that we really agree on is... Donna Summer. We both love disco. Ryan is really in love with Donna Summer's music. Um, he uses it to paint. He's a painter. Mm. He uses it to clean the house. So this is a song that he really loves. I think he finds a lot of personal meaning to it. And it's also just often blaring at our house mm. um, mm-hmm. pretty much at any hour of the day, but specifically late at night. Okay. Um, appropriately <laughs> enough, it's called Working the Midnight Shift, and it's by Donna Summer. The beginning of the song, I just imagined little mechanical critters kind of descending from the ceiling into a tech green grid. You know that Mm. green that's in like old computers or the matrix they start spinning this web that becomes a virtual reality world of a city street that really looks very blade runner-esque like it is dark it's dreary but it's also this tech dystopia the whole song is about her working while everybody else is having fun it's just such a perfect theme to go along with this sound because it just it's such a like an 80s tech late capitalist dystopia there's a lot going on in this song in terms of the synths but it Mm -hmm. still is a very lonely sounding song her voice is so dreamy and it sounds like she just like took a nap at the register and like woke up in the middle of her shift and started singing the song i don't know if you've ever worked an overnight shift they're awful they're terrible and you do kind of fade in and out and feel like you're very alone sort of in this like surreal i don't know limbo so that that really it sounds like that
because those synths are so, they're so cyber world to yes. me. So they almost feel also like data processing centers or data storage centers. Like just the way that the synths work, it feels like data constantly processing or like ticker tape at the bottom mm. of a news broadcast. It really fits this idea that work and that data is happening all the time. So it just makes visible this stuff that is easily made invisible by the majority of the world. This is also like a an anthem to like the bartenders or like the people have to clean up at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. I love the ending. The ending is very hopeful. You start to get glimmers of hope in a bridge. Mm-hmm. There's like mm-hmm. this little modulation where the synth arpeggio sounds like way more major. And then she talks about like when the city is waking up, she walks home as the sun is rising. And it fades out in this way that, yeah, you can see her kind of, instead of walking into the sunset, she's walking into the sunrise and like is finally freed from this night of tyranny yeah from work Okay, so this first song that I want to play, it's a reggae song. Reggae is deceptive because it sounds so chill, man, and you have mm-hmm. all these cool white reggae bands just wanting to smoke weed on the beach all the time, bro. This song, though, does, despite the package of a sunny reggae song, it yeah. holds a lot of anger in it. And actually, a lot of reggae does. Like, a lot of uh-huh. reggae is quite political. So this song is about having the calm exterior, but just holding a whole lot of anger inside, which is very much like Shane. Mm. <laughs> he It never explodes. It's not like he's like, Gah! all of a sudden, you know, yeah. holding it in, but... He just always seems so calm and composed, even when there's just anger and frustration boiling up inside of him. So, Step and Razor by Peter Tosh. Impressions. The song immediately introduces us with this kind of classic rock guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it reveals (laughs) itself immediately, and then it just like immediately switches into a more typical reggae beat there's this poised rage which is so satisfying to listen to Mm, like it really mm -hmm. reminded me of a beautiful but like extremely poisonous flower that kind of evolved to be that way to defend itself against predators yes if you want to benefit from this flower's beauty you have to treat it right you have to know how to handle it i laughed a lot when you first started talking about this kind of classic rock guitar that comes in (laughs) because the first image that i had had listening to the song this time was a bar that's maybe like island or tiki themed and you just yeah. have all of these middle-aged white guys in Tommy oh, Bahama yeah. shirts because basically the song kind of flips back and forth between this like very sunny mm-hmm. if you want to live you know if you don't listen yeah. to the song uh, the lyrics you're just like oh this this fun reggae song but the chorus does become more minor and mm-hmm. menacing and then it very quickly like shifts to oh the perspective is actually not those guys it's the people serving them it's everybody else that has to take care of these terrible 
terrible men. And so the song really felt like such a good song for service life. Once I had that idea kind of listening to the rest of the song, every time it was in major, that was the times when you're at the table talking to these terrible, terrible Uh men. And then (laughs) you leave and you either are raging to your coworkers or just like flipping them off secretly under the bar, making their drinks with that, I'm like a stepping razor, watch my sides, I'm dangerous. Hearing this song, it really does fit it in perfectly in like this neo-colonialism that tourism Mm -hmm. exists in in like tropical places of, again, all these Tommy Bahamas getting served by uh, locals. Yeah. And uh, them feeling so superior to the locals that they're and not even thinking of the locals who are serving them as people, because that's the thing that happens. One thing I really appreciate about this song is it seems like each time he does the chorus, he starts adding more and more things in there, too. It's just kind of the pileup of like maybe this terrible night and all of the shit. And he's like, I'm not good. And it's just this very staccato, (laughs) like like that he's Uh singing over the bass chorus. I just thought was such a good illustration of how these anger feelings just start piling up um, in in your mind when you're in these situations. You have to deal with these terrible, terrible people. Just thinking about how often he says, treat me good. It almost Uh becomes this plea of treat me like a fucking person. Are you serious? That is like literally all you have to do. That is all I'm asking is just treat me good. Bare minimum. It's funny that our last two songs, they're both anthems to serve people who work in the service industry. Like the, the drunker your patrons get, like the, eas- the easier it is to get away with sort of like fucking with them, <laughs> but also the more fucking annoying they become. Yeah. And as you were mentioning, like he kind of piles on his descriptors and becomes a little more angrier as the song goes on, as the customers become even more drunker and happy-go-lucky and then yeah. like probably leave a shitty tip at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> $200 um, ticket and a $10 tip. Yay. Exactly. Yeah. I love that I will now listen to the song and imagine Shane doing dishes, but also fucking with people at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This next song, so, well, how am I going to set this up? I like Tori Amos. She was big in my high school life. Ryan did not like her. However, he does really like what Tori Amos was before she became Tori Amos. And she was this really weird band called Why Can't Tori Read, spelled with a K. I think it's hilarious because Tori Amos is like this kind of quintessential 90s alt woman. Mm -hmm. But the song is like a, you'll see, it's really (laughs) silly. Okay. And it just, it reminds me so much of Ryan. He has such eclectic taste and is just really open to like really goofy music. And I would say this is part of that. Okay. So this is called The Big Picture from Why Can't Tori Read. Impression. 
For whatever reason with that song, I had a lot of cat imagery. So (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) So the very first thing before the beat comes in, it's so tinkly and it feels like a fantasy rainforest at nighttime. And then Yes, so I was in this jungle setting because it sounds like a waterfall made of like diamonds tinkling in the background. So so then when the beat comes in and it gets very like 80s and almost kind of like aerobic sounding, Uh I just imagined all these like aerobic gear clad lionesses stretching and other exercises (laughs) in this fantasy jungle at some point. Because I could really picture Tori Amos in this music video as well. But then all of a sudden she was wearing kind of a cat's outfit. Uh Like Uh from the musical Cats, right? Yeah. Doing calisthenics and stretches with these other lionesses. Ryan is very much a cat person. Mm. I'm very much a dog person. Okay. (laughs) So like, he would really love that like you created this fantastical feline society around this song. I could picture our cat Casper like, I don't know, jumping on top of the dogs and like ripping apart the entire house while also listening to this song. Last night, call my boyfriend looking at another slender. The song is also like, it's very just like work a day. She's kind of just like complaining about everyday annoyances. Like, oh, someone broke into my car. I got to get up and go to work. I got to make money. Like, mm. to me, it seems like a parallel universe where like instead of like Dolly Parton somehow didn't exist, but Tori Amos like took her place and then wrote nine to five. Okay. And this, <laughs> this is that like, that's, this is the timeline where that happened. Interesting. And perhaps in that timeline, cats do sort of, have sentience and create a society of their own. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like if Tori almost did a workout video was mm-hmm. sort of my general yes. takeaway from this, which, you know, as someone who is a familiar with her canon, with her oeuvre, um, is a really funny image. So mm-hmm. That's why yeah. she's wearing that cat's outfit, honestly. Yeah. It allows the body to move. You know, the chorus is like the big picture is staring at me as that chorus keeps repeating towards the end i kept imagining this guilt framed portrait of a gilded age fat cat but like literally Uh a cat because Uh everything else in this song is a cat to me like she just has to deal somehow with this literal big picture of a fat cat uh, it's amazing
does love Leonard Cohen and also Tom Waits. Yep. So men who kind of sing like this. Uh, Weirdly, and... Ryan does too. That's oh. a weird what Shane and Ryan love together. That yeah. is an interesting <laughs> It's overlap. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this is just another song that I overhear a lot and often just gets stuck in my head yeah. in a good way. I like it. I yeah. generally want things darker and Leonard Cohen same, is same, telling same, same. me that. So the song is called You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. I think I know that Leonard Cohen has a deep voice, but this song right. is like, oh, it's that deep. It's like real deep. Yeah. Like it's almost sounds like subterranean. Yes. Like a growl. Yes. Like it's coming from beneath the floorboards. That is, ex- I wrote down voice so low, like it's coming from the earth. But it's ecclesiastic and reverential mm-hmm. and also really sexy. <laughs> like it's the intersection between like going into a confessional and then like having sex inside of a confessional right. like you know in general i think of leonard cohen as a fairly gloomy dark singer there's almost a sense of like self-awareness in this song like oh you want it darker like i'll make it darker right like, you don't know how dark it can get yes it reminds me like a couple years ago there was this company that made the darkest shade of black humanly yes. possible it's called like vanta black this is this is the song version of that yeah that's what Valspar said to the world. You want it darker? Actually, I don't know if it was Valspar. That was just the Who one did, paint company be. I could think of. <laughs> Sherwin-Williams like, we're going to cover the earth in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a really catchy bass line. It ensnares you into its yeah, groove. It does. Yes. It it's is. almost like quicksand. Like you're yes. suddenly like sinking into it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. I did ask Jane, I was like, why do you like that song so much? He was like, I just think it's really interesting that he basically made a funeral album for himself. Like this was he the did. last album that he made. And yeah. it is it sounds like a funeral, the whole album. It does. <laughs> I love all of the lines about around flames, like either we kill the flame or a million candles burning for the help that never came. Like just yeah. all of this hope that people have that is just wasted hope. But because it has kind of this like funky beat, mm-hmm. I imagine this ghostly choir, but really yeah. it's just a bunch of dark purple choir robes uh, swaying in time to the yeah, beat yeah, yeah. in this otherwise empty church. I love knowing that this was his last album and he was very clearly preparing himself for death. Mm-hmm. And there's an acceptance of death in this song, but death yeah. is also still scary and filled with the unknown. As he says in this song, he's ready. He's ready. Lord. I'm ready, my lord.
holy name, vilified, crucified in the human frame. It would be disingenuous of me not to include a really poppy song. Ryan listens to a lot more pop, and he really embraces pop in a way that I don't. Mm -hmm. And I really love that about him. And he gets a lot of joy in knowing pop music. And I think that's really cool. I don't have the energy to do that. So I was like, what do I put on? Like, if I was truly being real, I would put on like Britney Spears or Shakira, both of which are very dear to his heart. Mm -hmm. But he's really into this woman. She is not super popular, but she definitely sings in like a pop R&B style. This is definitely Ryan's sort of like introspective song. If this song is on, I'll know he's like preparing to do some like annoying task in the Mm -hmm. other room and he just wants solitude. So this next song is called Small Things and it's by Jojo. Not to be confused with Jojo Siwa. I didn't know what to expect when you said poppy because poppy could be a lot of things. And I use this word in a lot of different ways, too. And I think my first thought is always a little bit more dance poppy for whatever reason. I don't quite know why. So I was like, oh, it'll be another upbeat song. No, it's not. It Mm -mm. but it is poppy. The first thought I had in my head, because I am kind of a cynical person around Uh this kind of music. um, Uh I was like, oh, this song could be in that movie, White Chicks. Like, it's a song that the white chicks like in White Chicks. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) So there's just this vocal section before the guitar comes in. And I was like, oh, it's the pop version of the beginning of You Want It Darker, the song we just played. But it was like if somebody did a pop version. (laughs) You want it darker, I'll make it darker. I I think because it is so poppy and therefore then feels so much like a soundtrack of some kind of feel-good movie. That is the real, obviously that's the immediate thing I went to. And then it really would fit in like in a teen movie, in the nadir of the movie, when the main person has just alienated all of their friends. And it's like a montage of them looking at photos of them with their friends. But they've changed so much because that's usually what most teen movies are. There's like a big change that happens with the main character and then all the friends are like, I don't even know who you are anymore. And so this is that song when they're having that kind of sad moment. If it wasn't White Chicks, it would be when the Wayanses are revealed and kicked off the case. And they're kind of having that sad like, oh man, we fucked up moment. I'm a little bit cynical around this kind of music and I don't really know why because it does have a lot of emotions and obviously like I love emotions and I love to talk about emotions and have them because it's so on the nose like I want to make fun of it a little bit I will say like I think it's a really pretty it's a really pretty song yeah it does have some soulfulness and a little bit of duende to it but you know it's It's a song written for young people. It's a breakup song and like she's feeling jealous over her ex-partner's new girlfriend. And it's just that. 
Like that's and it's fine that it's just that. It could easily fit in like any miniseries, any rom com. Yeah, because in my mind, it's very. It's of a very particular early two thousands period. Yeah. Such a pop music sound of the early two thousands. <laughs> We're watching the new Saved by the Bell. It would be perfect in that mm, too. Nice. This sort of like sunny. But emotional teen drama. This song would also be perfect in a Cinderella story. Like I love a rom com slash teen movie oh, from yeah. the 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 aughts, the tw- oh, totally. two thousand to twenty ten. Totally. Want more of um to be frank. We. Wait wait wait. But what really kills me is everything you got used to. that Ryan really loves disco. Shane also really loves music from the 70s, but more funk. There's many a f- different funk song that I could have picked, but like this one is, <laughs> it's very um, particular. What do I mean by that? It's very distinct. Her voice is very distinct. Also, pe- more people need to know about this person. She was married to Miles Davis, which shouldn't be her mm-hmm. claim to fame, but she right. was unabashedly sexual, just dirty funk, nasty funk in all meanings of the word. So this song is called He Was a Big Freak by Betty Davis. She is stretching her voice to the absolute limits. Yes. And it's, it sounds wet and juicy. Like it almost sounded like it was being like electronically distorted right in the beginning. Yeah. But I think it was just like the back of her vocal cords were just like exposed to the air. So we had like these very kind of civil cats in the Tori Amos song. Yeah. Here we sort of have highly sexualized, almost feral, really yes. grungy cats just like <laughs> Fucking in the yes. back alley. Yes. Um, scratching each other. Loving it. She says, I whipped him with my turquoise chain multiple times. And that's just both yes. really funny and like really hot because he liked it. He wants oh, he liked to be whipped with that turquoise yeah. chain. In my mind in a movie, this would be in like a really sexy but also hilarious BDSM scene. Yep. Where like they knock off pictures of the wall. The bed collapses. Like they... <laughs> accidentally bump into a table and like everything on the table flies away the beat him with a turquoise chain it really set off you know i'm in new mexico (laughs) the state mineral is turquoise like everyone's wearing turquoise rings all the time Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when she's like i used to beat him with a turquoise chain i also went to an s&m scene but it was like a very specific New Mexico S&M okay. party. Okay. And so there's all these people like half naked, maybe wearing cowboy <laughs> hats and like bolo ties and turquoise yeah. jewelry and like belt buckles, but like no pants and right, no underwear. Right, right, right. right. So just all accessories, basically. Yes. And like people getting whipped with turquoise chains. I wonder yeah. if there is a meetup group for S&M lovers in New Mexico and this is their theme song. I There's just gotta be. I just hope so. He was a big free. <laughs>
when I was his woman I'd please him, I'd lead him to the tail When I was his mistress it's a celebration of a lot of sexuality. And I love that she's calling him a, a big freak, but it's yeah. definitely not in a way of disparaging his sexual no. tendency. She describes a lot of different scenarios that they used to play out together. And so it's this nice celebration of like sub-dom play because at totally. times she's the submissive, but yeah. then at other times she's beating him with a turquoise chain and he's begging for more. But yeah, Shane, he likes to put on, he likes to put this song on to like at work after customers leave, like when they're yeah. closing yeah. and all of his coworkers just hate it. They're just like, <laughs> they're like, what is this? It is a tough song, even if yeah. you don't listen to the lyrics. Like, yeah, it's just it's not an it's easy song. Gravelly, you know? It's kind yeah. of like it's very syncopated. So while there is a groove because it's funk, there's always a groove like the beats here. The bass is here. Her gravelly voice is here. It's a lot of places to like try to keep your attention. It's so. also a good song to like figure out who your friends at work are. Yeah. Like, it's and a good like, tactic. Do we what do we have in common? Do we have yeah. this in common? No, clearly not. <laughs> when I was a daydream. If you have songs that you want to share with us that perhaps your lover listens to, why not send them to us at impressionspodcast.com? And if you haven't told your lover about our podcast Mm. yet, tell them or anyone you know. Like, rate, review, do the things. Impressionspodcast.com for playlists, songs, and more. Ah.